morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the middle of the week, August 5th. Um, what a beautiful morning it is. It feels nice and clear. We had so much rain yesterday where I'm at. It felt like it just washed away certain things. Every once in a while, it's like having a good wash down. So it was really, really nice. And I spent the day kind of going through an old notebook. Oftentimes you hear me talking about journaling my emotions to God. And I get very detailed. And it's in those details that the true source of a lot of my triggers and pains and traumas come out. So I have this notebook that I keep by my computer. And this notebook is, I do my homework in it and write my notes in it. And I just, I fill it with stuff throughout my day, whatever I do on the computer until it's empty. And now it's empty. And I've been using this notebook since about March, April. And I also um, journal in my, um, I also journal on my computer in Microsoft Notes, but I like to write. And as I was going through this notebook, because it's full, I went through my journal notes and there were times of deep struggle that I really kept just between me and God. <laughs> and part of me is not sure if I really want to share some of this, but I'm going to because I feel that other people should know that they are not the only ones who struggle with these deep inside turmoils. And this is the part that I want to share. Now, what, when I went through these journal notes, I stepped outside the emotion and I actually evaluated myself in the time. Like I remember what I was going through and I remember the pain and I remember what it felt like. But as I was reading these notes again, I didn't get stuck in the emotions. I actually evaluated the whole situation and what I am today and what a growth God has done in me, what he has pruned me and grown me and cultivated me and just the fruit that I'm bearing now, having persevered through these things that I didn't think I could live through. And um, I'm only gonna share one moment. And um, this one is, God, I feel like a deflated balloon. And this was probably in April when I wrote this. And I, I do remember every, I remember every journal note I make. I feel like a deflated balloon. I feel like my body, mind, and soul were filled up with negative chaos. And when I lost control, you removed all the negative. My heart feels stretched to its limit and my mind feels like I've been banging it against the wall. I love you so deeply and I know what is going on isn't right. This isn't how I love you, show you love. I hate myself for it. I don't feel I deserve your love. I am so broken. I can't, can't ever be enough. I'm just not. Everything in me has failed you so many times, and today yet again, I have failed you. The things I say in my mind and my thoughts I have are wrong. Now, what I'm referring to when I'm saying this is what I was talking about yesterday. In my mind, there's so much anger, and it just comes out like in the worst forms of just hate and anger. All the hate and anger I had towards other people... I'm spewing out in my mind towards God because I don't want it 
to come out in front of my children or in front of people around me. So my mind is just this chaos of just hate, anger, and resentment. And it's towards God. And I feel just... I feel just sickened that I'm, I can't control letting it out. Like I've, I've lost control letting it out. But at the time I didn't realize that God's love was pushing this out of me. So I wasn't holding it down no more. I didn't realize he wanted to bear these things for me. He wanted to bear the brunt of these words I was saying, because if I didn't let him go, especially to him, then I was never going to let them go. And I was never going to heal because no human could bear the things I was saying. Oh, what a beautiful moment. I hold you back. I don't want to hold you back. I want you to keep going. There's so much ugliness in me. I don't see an end. This me, all that I am, is never going to be enough for you ever. I'm always going to have this ugliness that I resent. I want to drown this part of me and never see it again. I want this part of me to die. I want to drive off a cliff in a raging river and never breathe again. I want to suffocate this part of me to death. I want to kill this part of me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate looking at myself and seeing it in my eyes. Now, what it's what I'm referring to in this ugliness, Satan resides in hate and resentment. And I could see him residing in me and I hated it. And I didn't know how to get rid of it at the time. I mean, I was still struggling with sticking to my daily routine to come out of these things um, and not falling into sleeping and just, just not wanting to do anything. And so every time I saw myself in the mirror, I could see Satan behind my eyes and I just, I hated it. I hated myself that it was even in me, this ugliness. I, ugh. I want to gouge my eyes out and never see it again. And I truly did. Every time I saw Satan in my eyes, I just, I wanted just to rip it out. Wanting it dead. I want me dead to never, ever see it again. What a relief to put an end to the ugliness inside myself. The hate, resentment, rage, fear, sadness, the victim, the entitled, the cheater. I was a cheater in this world. I cheated in a former relationship, even though I, I admitted in fullness to this person, the wrong of the nature of my wrongs that still irked me that I had been this way because that is not a representation of my values. It, it nearly killed me to have done it and then have to live with it. It's like anybody who's thinking about doing it, don't do it. The guilt alone for the rest of your life could almost kill you. If I get offered one tip of advice, if you're on the verge of thinking, I just want to just do whatever I want and cheat on my spouse, like whether you're married or not, it's a commitment and a relationship is a relationship. And I remember being that the most detrimental decision I have ever made because it sunk me further in my addiction and it just sunk me so far down into my secrecy that I didn't know how to come out with anything. And it literally almost killed me. These things are a part of me and I want it dead. I feel you in me and I hate you love me. I don't love all of me. Why should you? I can't stand it. I can't stand. I hate it. I hate myself. I can't love all of me. I can't. How can I let you love all of me when I can't even love all of me? 
God, I cannot love you as you deserve. How you deserve to be loved is greater than my human mind can even imagine. I am broken. I am hurtful. I keep breaking down and going to a place that isn't loving towards you. I see the part of me myself. I will never like it, and it is toxic. I can never love anyone fully if I don't love myself fully. I don't want you giving me all of this love. I will. S- I will sense you do the right thing. I will serve you doing the right thing. Be a good person. I will do my best, but I don't want to let you love me. I hurt you every time you try. I'm sorry. It is wrong. Now, see, God's love will creep up on me, and it's such a beautiful thing. And that's about as far as I'm going to share for today. And his love would creep up on me, or he would bring people in my life to try to love me, and I just isolated and resented, and I got stuck deep down inside my head into this. Just, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. Stay away from me. And then I would try to get him out of my head. I would try to get him out of my presence. But see, God placed a new heart in me, and He has just recreated me into this new creature, this new being that I couldn't push him out. There was no. Spiritual, physical, emotional way I could push him out. He was every part of me, and in my mind at the time, I was so sunken into whatever it was that. And I believe later on at the time it came out about how I've been treated by men. Like all that resentment finally built up, and I, it comes out later that uh, you know all that was the buildup of. Of all the pain that I didn't want to feel about how I was treated by men, my father, my stepfather, um, my um, ex-husband, a former relationship, all those hurt me, and I let them step all over me. But I always pushed the pain of feeling the pain down. I recognized it was painful and hurtful, but I never truly felt it. And so here came the moment that God was trying to push it out of me to feel it, because until you feel it, you stuff it down there. It's this feeling, this toxic that sits down in your stomach, and it causes a lot of pain and resentment. Like I was feeling in this, I was trying so hard to hold it down, and God was just trying to push it up. And that's where the nastiness in my mind was coming. I was just wanting him to stop pushing it out, just leave it alone. I just wanted it left down there. But he wasn't going to leave it down there because I would have never been healed if he wouldn't have never pushed it out. And that pain lasted for a long time. Um, you know, like I said, it later came out. Just I just started bawling. I I was I was like I can't believe my father would treat me like this. I can't believe he would allow other men to treat me like this. I didn't know what to tell my kids. Like, what am I gonna do? Just leave this world? Like, I just couldn't take the pain. But I didn't want to cope with anything. It was such a a turmoil. And you guys, this was in April. I was going through a lot of construction work with God, and this was in April that this was all starting to just kind of come up. So God has brought me through some amazing things, and I share that because this is, this is, where a lot of people get stuck in their emotions, and they think they have no way out. You know, I've heard a lot of things of suicide on the rise. You know, people just sunken into heroin so bad. This is the, this is really the core of why people turn to no return, because the pain is so deep. We don't understand it. We don't know what to do. I was very grateful that I had established some form of letting it out, which was in my writing, and because I wrote so authentically to God, 
like every honest detail I wrote to God because of that. I was able to find the source. I was able to search in my writing the source and how to let it out. So it's very important. Having a relationship with God is very important. When I realized so many people don't have a relationship with God, it's it's sad because until you know that that's available, you don't think it's there. You have no clue. I had no clue this was available to me, that I had the ability to have somebody with me through the struggle. I didn't know this. Like Life would have been a little bit different. But now that I know, I've made it my mission to teach others how to create their own personal relationship with God. So there is a very detailed example of how I journal. And like I said, I debated whether I should share that because I would hate for people to take it the wrong way and, you know, Like, I look back on this with a lot of hope and faith and love. Like, this really just binds me to God and deeply roots me in His his promises and who He is to me. Like, in His love and His mercy and He's never failing. He was always there, even through the yuckiness, because He was the only one who could bear that yuckiness for me. And I had to let it out. He knew I had to let it out. What a beautiful thing to have such a loving God. I mean, he is as good as flesh to me. He is even better. He's bared things no human could ever do. What a beautiful thing. And I hope that that personal insert inspires you to really think about hard times. And what are you holding yourself back from when you go through that to have a relationship with God for him to see you through these things? So the daily bread, um, God's daily bread, the bread of the day is called for our friends. And the verse comes from John chapter 15, verse 12. It says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is such a beautiful commandment. Um, I remember it also being in, I thought it was John chapter 13. I'll have to look again. But it was right after Jesus had made an example of unconditional love. He had he had stopped in the middle of dinner. He had taken off his shirt and he had tied it around his waist and he washed the disciples' feet with love. This is the most humbling act of service you could ever do for another person. And one of them was like, I can't let you. And he goes, you must. And it was more than just loving them on the last night. He was with them, showing them love. He wanted to show them love. He wanted to give them something, a piece of him before he left. It's just, there was so many things embedded in this one act of, uh, you know, humbleness from God. And then he goes, I want you to love others as I have loved you. That is the greatest commandment this world could ever have. Because when we love each other, we are also loving God. Because God resides in each and every one of us. Because he created each and every one of us. So it's such a beautiful thing. So the story goes, in Emily Bront's novel, Weathering Heights, a cantorous man who often quotes the Bible is criticized others as memorably described as the wearisome self-righteous Pharisee that ever ransacked a Bible to rake the promises to himself, fling the curses to his neighbors. I know a lot of people that do this. They use the Bible to their advantage because they can. They use it 
to cause fear to other people so that they feel more powerful. That's a Pharisee motive right there. That's that's what you call that when somebody uses the Bible to gain from others. That's a Pharisee motive. And it's it's wrong. It's just as bad as murder. As sin as sin in God's eyes, a Pharisee motive is just as bad as a murder. The script oh it is a funny line. It may even bring particular people to mind. But aren't we all a bit like this, prone to condemn others' failures while exercising our own? In scripture, some people amazingly did the exact opposite. They were willing to give up God's promises for them, even be cursed if it would be if it would save others. Consider Moses, who said he'd rather be blotted out of God's book than see Israelites' unfor- unfor- um, unforgiveness. Or Paul, who said he'd choose to be cut off from Christ if it meant his people would find him. As self-righteous as we naturally are, scripture highlights those who love others more than themselves. Because ultimately, self-love points to, um, such love points to Jesus. Greater love has no one than hit this. Jesus taught them to lay down one's life for one's friend. Even before we knew him, Jesus loved us to the end, choosing death to give us life. Now we're invited into the family of God to love and be loved like this. And as we pour into others Christ's unimaginable love, the world will catch a glimpse of him. When have you experienced sacrificial love? Who can you show this kind of love to? Loving God, thank you for showing us what it means to love. Help us to love like you. Amen. This is so beautiful. You know, I read a a piece of scripture yesterday that was in John chapter, I want to say 14. And it is. It's John chapter 14. And, um... And it starts at verse 15 and Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, God, I will send a new counselor for you, which is the Holy Spirit of truth, but you will see me again. The world will not see me, but you will see me because those who see truth will see Jesus. I see Jesus in people who are truthful and honest and walking the way of him. I see him come out of people, which is such a beautiful thing. So and it, when it says, and as we pour into others Christ's unimaginable love, the world catches a glimpse of him. When we love this way, people see Jesus through us. When we see others love this way, we see Jesus in them. And that is what I mean when you see Christ-like people and you are just drawn to them. That's because it's that unconditional love. You, It's, the, it's that first love that we were ever touched with, which is the love of God. And that's why we're drawn to it. It's just like we have to have it because that was the first love we ever touched with. It's what we're searching for now, which is so beautiful. You know, sacrificial love. There have been, you know, besides God, like what I was just talking about. God has sacrificed a lot. He has sacrificed listening to me say things I should have said to other people. But he bared that for me. What kind of love is that? Like no human could have heard those things and probably walked away not hating me for life. Um, I've told people truths and they've walked away from me. I've, I've watched a lot of people walk out of my life in the last year because 
we just cannot, they cannot love me the way I deserve. And I cannot be around people who just can't love me the way I deserve. And it's an interesting concept because like today I saw the elderly man, Randy again. And it was interesting to think that this man who has nothing treats me with such respect, calls me ma'am. Like he loves me for who I am. He allows me to be my godly Christian girl talking about God and loving him. He allows me to be that way around him. And he doesn't shame me and he doesn't doubt me and he doesn't criticize me. We just talk about life and he lets me be me. And essentially this man has nothing. But what a loving, unconditional man. And right there is where I see the part of God in him that God created. Because that kind of love is so rare in this world where he just he just loves people for who they are. What a beautiful thing. And when I realized that, it just it kind of binded that relationship I've been creating with him a little bit more. Like God's using him to teach me how to be binding in relationships because I struggle in creating and maintaining relationships. So God has used this man and it, it has opened a part of my heart that was very well closed off because I've watched so many people, you know, not want to treat me the way I deserve. But I realized too, that I, I, it's all right to let them go. Like that's all right because that's who they are. But when I see that it is possible for people to love me the way I am and they, they have nothing in this world. It's such a beautiful, humbling thing. (sighs) Like this man is got probably more love in his heart than maybe I do. I'm almost going to cry about it as I'm realizing sitting here that this man has values that I'm trying to work on. What a beautiful thing that he's embodied with these beautiful values that I'm, I'm trying to, to work and persevere to gain through with God. What a beautiful thing that he has these inside of him. And that just makes him all the more just valuable and and Christ-like to me. I see Jesus in him. What a beautiful thing, you guys, to, um, you know, it's beautiful. I can't even, like, it's just coming to me right now. And, you know, and that's somebody I can show kindness to, like I have been. But it it's really a beautiful thing because the fact that he allows me to be that way his flaws don't bother me. His flaws don't diminish who he is in this world to me. I see that part of him and that's all that matters. Such a beautiful thing. You know, I've had people around me that have forgiven me for things I've done. And I've done some pretty terrible things. And those people were, I look back on those moments as monumental to me that I had done some pretty nasty things that were almost unforgivable and these certain people forgave me and still embraced me and that those are monumental to me so as I'm reflecting on these 
I hope that inspires you, and that is your challenge for today to to reflect on those around you who have given sacrificial love. Who do you know who has offered you that unconditional love? That you see that that has allowed you to be you. That is just that kind of person. Who have you seen Jesus through? And what can you learn from them? What an amazing challenge! Who have you seen Jesus in? And what can you take away from them to carry in your own life to better yourself, to sharpen your knife, to make you a better version of yourself? And that is the challenge, you guys. What a beautiful day! I'm so very blessed to be alive today, and God is just ever so forgiving and ever so loving, you guys. I just I hope that you open the door to Him to let Him start revealing. The inside of you, inside out, just like the rose. Let His love touch upon your petals and open you up to bloom. It's such a beautiful thing when God touches up on your heart with His loving hands. God bless you guys, and Amen.